Hi, I'm Allie Gertz. And I'm Julia Prescott. And this podcast is brought to you by Everything's Everything's Coming Up Simpsons. Simpsons. Make sure to tune in on September 11th. We are talking about the episode Radio Bart with a special guest you may recognize. Hi, I'm Nancy Cartwright. And actually, I'm Bart Simpson. Who the (gasps) hell are you? Ah! We're so excited. This This is so good. This was one of our favorite episodes you've ever done. Mark your calendars. I don't know. You're probably already downloading it. What What is this life? Uh, September 11th, we are joined by, you already heard her, Nancy Cartwright. We're so excited. Please tune in. All right. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. So uh, my name is Alvaro Rodriguez. I'm the screenwriter for The Last Rampage. As a writer, to me, I'm less interested in genre and more interested in character. And, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller or action movie or kids movie or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of... um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family-centered in some some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, Um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Welcome to the X-Files Files. I'm your host, Kamel Nanjiani. Um, I am getting some awesome emails from you guys, so continue to do that. The X-Files Files at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at X-Files Files or at Kamel N. That's my personal account. And go to the X-Files Files subreddit. There's actually a lot of conversation there happening right now. Really interesting, cool stuff. And I... Uh, yeah, so this episode is Devin Faraci, and we're talking about Roland... 
and the Erlenmeyer flask. Um, so the Erlenmeyer flask is the last episode of the season. Really great episode. Roland is one of the weirder ones, uh, but we talk about it. Um, and uh, actually, there's a thing that Devin and I talk about during the episode. We sort of talk about cryo-freezing, that thing where people sort of freeze themselves after they die. And we were sort of speculating how much it costs and stuff. And then randomly that day, I was reading a, new, a magazine called um, Mental Floss. And they had a whole article about that exact thing. It happened later that day. So I'm going to sort of recap the article at the end of the uh, episode. Uh, enjoy it. Hey, welcome to the X-Files Files. Devin Farachi is back. Hello. Thanks hey. for having me again. Yeah, thanks for coming by again. Uh, you had asked last time that you were like, hey, I want to do like a real like mythology episode. And we're going to talk about probably the first real, for real mythology episode yeah. this time. Because all the other ones, it feel, felt like sort of one-offs that tie later sort of, you know, their scope, you understand. But this one is clearly an attempt to get a big, like, myth arc started. Right. Uh, but first, By which you mean Roland. Huh? By which you mean Roland. <laughs> Roland, yeah. He obviously becomes a bit... Do you know that guy, Roland? So we're going to talk about Roland, and then we're going to talk about... Um, uh, what's it called? Erlenmeyer uh, flask. flask, which the rest of the world calls conical flask. Um, so Roland, uh, first of all, uh, I didn't remember much about this one. Uh, what'd you think of it? You know what? It's a really solid little one-off. It's got a real Tales from the Crypt vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, where a guy who has been wronged comes from beyond the grave to do to get back at, at, at everybody else. It also, I think, has a really interesting summation of a lot of X-Files episodes, which is that Mulder and Scully play no actual part. They don't the do anything in it. And that happens a lot in the X-Files. It does they're happen They're showing a lot. up and they're finding things out, but they're yeah. always one step behind. Yeah. And then at the end of the episode, maybe at best they stop the last guy from getting killed. Yeah, but my favorite ones are the ones I find, at least the one, when I, because I watched, this, you know, I watched season one and I was in Atlanta all week and I kind of watched a bunch of the ones we weren't going to cover. And I found out that the ones that I didn't love are the ones where they're not really actively doing anything. See, I'm kind of okay with it because I enjoy the Mulder and Scully stuff, and then I enjoy that real specific EC comics, like I'm a severed head in a jar, yeah. mind-controlling my mentally retarded brother yeah. to kill people. I kind of like that. Like, Yeah, no, I like that idea. It was fun. I liked that. The, well, so I should recap. This guy's a janitor at some sort of jet propulsion labs, and he's a very mentally handicapped, like all the way. Like He's full-on. Hollywood mentally handicapped. Yeah, he's like Robert Downey Jr. and Tropic Thunder would not approve <laughs> of this acting. <laughs> like he he went full. Um, we were uh, tweeting yesterday, and I have two names for this alternate names for this episode. One is um, uh, Rain Man hunting because he clearly does something that clearly Goodwill hunting, like the janitor writing, finishing but the Goodwill formula. Came out three years later. Yeah. So it Will seems Hulking like is based on this episode. Yeah, of the <laughs> they should credit it. And the other one is uh, from I am Sam. I am Hodor because he's getting <laughs> warped all the time. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> that guy, that actor. That's a tough role. You know, he's won an Emmy <clears throat> for, for damages, oh, not okay. for this. Well, I was gonna say this is the kind of performance that you're never gonna see anymore because we live in a more sensitive age where you just don't have actors playing mentally handicapped in this way. Like, yeah, and they are like because it is like you know. I am here with the stars, yeah, and yeah. I'm, not, I'm not even exaggerating. No, it's what all he the way. Like. Yeah. And so you're just never going to see that anymore. Uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, I, I find that kind of stuff. It's like watching an old movie where somebody's in the in yellow face. You yeah. know what I mean? They're playing the dragon lady, and you're like, well, this is offensive, but it's really funny at the exact well, same time. I think this guy was actually like 
kind of first of all, I want to hear the director's notes when they're shooting. Like, what is that like? Like, <laughs> hey, could you uh, really turn it up? <laughs> what is it? I want you to say it to me. But I thought this guy. <laughs> For how much he has to do, it's a tough part because he has to be that. He's sitting next to the toilet screaming. It's just yeah. like so over the yeah. top. I, he has I, to do I, that. I really enjoy that. But he also has to then sort of be smart, play like when he's right. taken by his brother. But then he's not just normal guy. He's still like that. But now he can do math. Well, it's interesting because, yeah, he's not playing a guy who's just like kicked out of his own head. He's playing a guy who's kind of being ridden. So it isn't like quite like war right. He's he's the, fighting it because Hodor is out. Like Hodor is just right. gone. But here he's sort of involved in it. It's, it's actually in you know in a probably a better scenario. This is a really intriguing concept that yes. he's battling his brother. But they really don't really go into it. Very no, much. I mean it's forty two minutes. You know, I I like but uh, the severed head controlling him. I like that. I like that the temperature fluctuates whenever he's trying to control, control the brother. Like, I like that. I like the big giant the the guy falling into the big giant jet turbine. Uh, I like the other the, the, the big fan the thing. Big fan thing. Yeah. Don't ever go into a room with a giant fan. So everyone's going into that room. What are you guys doing? I'm really impressed by the last guy in this episode because he's in there holding onto a chain link fence while there's Mach Seven winds. Yeah. Him. Like that guy really. And I watched his fingers. Don't look like they're holding onto anything. Like his, they're the not key. curled around. That's the key. Don't try. Yeah. <laughs> Just let it go. Play uh, hard to get with the fan. But I also like there's one kill where um, Roland sticks the guy's head into the uh, uh, liquid, dry, nitrogen. liquid nitrogen and then smashes his head, which is also the best kill in Jason X. Oh, is uh, that right? Yeah. And uh, obviously taken from this episode. As there's well. a great uh, that part where he, he sort of smashes the guy's head and then he crunches his like frozen ear. And when it comes back, it's that chalk outline of the dead guy, and then like outlines of like his head pieces. I thought that was really funny. It was really good. They, this episode, I, and I believe it's the next one too, had some great like coming back from commercials moments. Yeah. Like uh, th- I thought that one was that was really fun. That's really good. And the message boards, one of the main complaints people said was that it would take way longer to have someone's head freeze in that way. Well, that feels like a real nitpick. Yeah, it does. Also, they didn't think that a brain in a jar could control <laughs> a mentally handicapped brother. Um, I thought there was a fun moment here. So here, Scully and Mulder's dynamic, I think, has like gotten established pretty right. well. Because he says, like, did you catch the bouquet when she goes to the thing? Like, they're sort of flirting, but in a friendly way, in the right. way that like friends flirt. Right. Um, and uh, at one point, she's like, Mulder, you didn't think that, you don't think this has anything to do with UFO technology. Like, she's making fun of him. So they have, like, a fun back and forth, like, and sort of, like, you know, get at each other's, like, buttons. I also like that it continues to expand Mulder's uh, belief in the paranormal. Because yes. Because a lot of the episodes that I talked about with you have been very heavily UFO-oriented. Yes. And this time, he's definitely into all kinds of batshit psychic stuff. Uh, yeah. Which I really like. Yeah. Uh, another thing I noticed about this episode and the next one is that the, uh, the great at guessing passwords... This is before, like, they had, like, <laughs> password strength things because Google would be like, oh, password strength low on all of these because they're just, what was the password here? One, oh, it five, was the, six, the two, numbers yeah. for the thing. And then in the next episode, she guesses purity control. So they're just really great at guessing passwords. How does this. she guess I don't remember how she guessed purity control. In the next episode, they find a jar that Mulder just gets that says purity control on it, and that's where they find that bacteria or the virus inside the bacteria that they say is used in gene therapy. 
It's real. Uh, it's real point-and-click adventure game stuff. Yes, it really is. <laughs> well, it's I like, found this random item earlier. Yeah, in the game. <laughs> maybe this will come in. It totally is. It really is. Like, yeah, there's five jars, but I can only click one. All right, I'll, I guess I'll click that one. And that, even in Roland, Mulder takes the piece of paper that Roland's writing on and that has the numbers on it. Just yeah, because it's clearly clickable. So he's yeah. able to pick it up, and then later on when they're trying to do the password, he yeah. can pull it out of his pocket. Well, that one I could sort of see because all the rest is like drawings of things, right. and then one thing's like numbers. I would take the numbers too. I really like actually in this episode Mulder's sort of connection to Roland. He's being nice to him. Like, he helps him dress. He's like, you want the green shirt? And then he's like, you know. This one's really styling, I think, is what he says. Yeah. <laughs> is that what he says? <laughs> That's what he says. Great. Uh, great stuff. But you see sort of Mulder, like, you know, every now and then he, like, connects with someone who he thinks is being wronged. Right. And, you know, Roland is obviously being wronged in this episode. And he sort of teaches him. that that There's a sweet moment where he tells him, like, his own dream, like, with his dad where he's underwater. And right. And he can't find his dad, which is sort of... Sort of a character thing that comes back. Well, it's nice. It's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, this ties in uh, with uh, what was the episode that we did before? Uh, yes, it gosh, does. Max with, with, with Max, Max, where he's holding Max. Mulder's a guy who cares. Like he's yeah. not just he's in this because his sister disappeared, and that's what sets him off. But he feels a sense of responsibility for other people in a big way, which right. makes him a really great hero for all of his flaws and weirdness, is in the end he cares about these other people that he's, that he's dealing with. And also, I mean, this is probably just like real fanfic shit right now, but the idea of Roland and his brother and the brother is gone, that probably echoes for Mulder a little bit with his sister. Oh, with his sister's I mean? so, gone, yeah. Yeah, that sort of echoes a little bit. He, he recognizes the sibling left behind. He, yeah. he gets that. That is not in the episode at all. Nope. I'm totally fanficking that. Yeah. But I think it's sweet. Yeah. And then later on, he and Roland sit down, and he puts his hand on Roland's knee, and he says, I really understand where you're coming from, and this is going to get into really good fanfic now. Yeah. This is, be, <laughs> this is where it gets slash really Roland. good. I, okay. That's, <laughs> I think that's illegal, isn't it? I don't know if Roland can consent. I don't know. Sure. Well, so if Roland is being possessed by the brother, then, then it's fine. Consent. Yes, exactly. Then it's fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is happening? Because <laughs> Roland has his own love interest lady. Yeah, and there's actually a really, a really sweet ending where she says, and I'm going to, this is exactly how it goes, I love you. And then he goes, me too. Yeah, they just it's love each sweet. other. It's very sweet. So but then it ends with that look in the mirror. What is that? I thought what it was, was when, and I remember this from when I, was a, when I first saw it, because his brother, his twin, twin brother has more hair, and it seemed to me like he was combing the hair, hair. where there wasn't hair. Right. So is that what it was? That I he's think still it's in that there? Little hint that maybe the brother's inside his head still. Yeah. Even though the head, the 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 severed head is dead, the brother's life force is still inside Roland. I thought uh, there were a couple things weird about that. One, um, so he sort of um, hires his brother and gets him there and knows to freeze his head. So he knows that when he's dead, he's going to be able to do this. Is that the plan? <laughs> no, I think he's just a nerd. Who has like that whole like Disney living forever in cryo sleep yeah. stuff? So I think he always had his will was to be frozen. Yeah. And the idea then is again it's a tales from the crypt thing when these other guys I'm a th it's a little unclear but the other guys kill him. Yes. Because well, but but I think that's unclear. They never out say because when he says you he never says you killed me. He says you stole my work. Yeah, but the, Scully's talking about how this accident is so weird because there's yeah. no skids or whatever. So it seems it's kind of it's weird. It's vague. They don't really connect those they don't. dots. One hundred percent. I and, think that's cool. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's cool. I think they kind of. I mean, I connected those dots because it's what makes sense for the murders. Because just stealing the work isn't enough. Well, but he might be. He's sort of been a psychopath his whole life, right? He's maybe like just a just a bad dude. I mean, maybe, but I, you know, uh, I'm gonna go with the they killed him to take the work. 
Okay. And I'm going to go with revenge. they didn't kill him and he's just a psychopath. He's just a dick. He's just a dick. Well, that makes the ending sad, then. Yes. If if he's still inside Roland's head, then it, it's a sad ending. Right, right, right. That's what I thought. I, I, I took it as a sad ending. I thought I took it as maybe uh, semi-potentially ominous, but also hopeful that Roland and his brother are connected together. Well, but there's that moment. There's that moment that you've seen a lot of things like aren't the uh, you're not a gun that thing where they're like fight it you have to fight it Roland so you, you remember that yes so, so that to me would make it seem like he's like a bad guy his brother yeah but his brother's his brother's just consumed with anger and vengeance and that's like bad it's just that whole like I'm dead and I'm now consumed with yeah. vengeance I, I get it I think you're wrong and I have to stop you but I totally get it I also killing four people for plagiarism is that's an intense Overreaction. You know what? You, you know, know haven't get... you had your shit stolen? I mean, you want to kill people, right? Well, but... I think, well, at least this guy didn't steal a tweet. <laughs> I think that would have been that would have been the oh, epi- my, oh my god. god if he had been like that yeah, guy, you Sammy. Could see, what's that guy's name? You could steal my life's work, but yeah, don't the, take the, my fucking tweet. the don't preacher take, guy. Yeah, don't take my joke about animals can't hug. <laughs> Whatever you do, because I will come back from the grave and I will put you through a fucking jet turbine. That would be a total new X Files. It's like someone <laughs> dies, and someone's like takes their account and is tweeting as them, and they have hundreds of thousands of followers, and then this guy comes back as a Facebook profile. <laughs> there it is. There's your pitch for the. X Files, the new X Files. Oh my 21st god, century. there's got to be a new X Files movie. I, I, I hear like they, they keep talking about it every now and then. I'm sure that this show is not, is not, is not hurting. Well, but the number of people that would require be required to make a new X Files movie successful is much, much bigger than the number no, of people listening what, to this. What ends up happening though is that stuff like this puts it back into the consciousness, and people begin talking about it again, and that's what gets the executive. It's interesting, you know. I've seen a lot more articles about the X Files, and I'm not saying that's because of this podcast. But I'm I, saying that. I've, okay. Well, I appreciate you saying yeah. that, but I've seen like a bunch of them uh, in the last like. Week especially, like they keep coming up. Well, you know, I, I said this to you when you started this. I think it's this is exactly the right time to start going back and relooking at the X Files again. Yeah. And I think people are figuring that out. I think that this show is sort of helping move yeah. that along. Um, which is why you should be hired as a consultant or at least get a role in X Files 3. Yeah, I want a role. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, just a small thing. I just want to die. What would you, would you like to die? Or I would, would you, do I Am Sam for what it. What if I you, would... like, the movie opens and Mulder and Scully are split up and she's living with you? Like you uh, guys I think are I'm together. Gonna, I think I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> that's, uh, that's where it begins. It's very difficult to do this podcast <laughs> with a with a raging boner, but all the blood is rushing from my head. <laughs> Great, perfect. That's perfect. Um, why the, the British guy that he kills first? Right, that guy seemed very nice. Yeah, it's weird because when he he kills, well, that's what's really actually cool is he kills the British guy first, not the guy who's a dick. Mm-mm. Outside there, so that, I thought it was going to happen. So that's what makes it really interesting because at first you think, oh, he's killing the people who are mean to him because he's mentally handicapped. That, but, but they're then not. The twist is no, he's killing people because they took his tweets. Yeah, because they took his tweets. The brothers, they, they took his tweets. I thought that his uh, when they showed the picture of the brother and he's wearing the. Um, Glasses and the hair that looked so fucking. That looked like, you know, the dick in a box when they when they're wearing those beards and glasses <laughs> and hair. Like, come on, guys, try a little bit harder. Yeah, I like, like that. I also like this episode. There's a lot of um, really early computer stuff where they're just typing endlessly. Yes, endless amounts. Like to turn yeah. off the tur- turbine, it requires apparently an entire new. But do you remember when you used to go to the airport when you were like, "Hey, can I get this different seat?" They're like just typing nonstop for four minutes before they can tell you anything. I feel like that was just bullshit. 
What are they doing? I don't know. But it feels like that. Like typing acting hasn't completely crystallized yet. But I'm just trying to figure out like what you had this giant wind turbine and it you, should just be on and off. There should be a button that you can emergency. Stop. <laughs> yeah, there there's really in there. There should be a safety. Oh my god! There the should be a button. Follow up is OSHA shows up and shuts the whole fucking <laughs> yeah. program down. Oh my god! I also want to talk about so the that that picture of them as kids is a terrible. This whole episode appears to have been shot in the basement of the writers' room. Oh, that's right. The, every it does. every single there's like this is one cinder block hallway and a couple of really nondescript offices. Yeah, that they probably just kept repurposing yeah. again and again. Yeah, this episode must have cost nothing. Yeah, I saw the breakdown for the next episode and the chalkboard. <laughs> <laughs> one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what else was there that was fun in this? Uh, the, um, oh, so the guy, when he kills Arthur's brain. Right. That's a totally good move. That's what he should do. I didn't think he'd, he'd unless he'd killed him, well, he did steal his work either way. That's that's why I think that he killed him. That he him. did kill him? I mean, I don't know that he, I think it's cool that he made the leap immediately that the severed frozen head was controlling. Well, he the, took it in stride. He really, he's like, I like that. He's like, all right, that's what's happening. Because there's a certain thing like in stuff like this where people just don't want to believe what we already know is happening. That gets really frustrating. It is frustrating. And so I like the idea. He's just like, you know, fuck it. This, the, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'm going to thaw it ahead. Yeah. You know, worst be, case scenario, this guy's case scenario, dead. I don't get murdered. Worst case scenario, this guy's head spoils. Yeah, but then he's got a gun and like the other thing is he's got a gun on him and then he starts like typing on the computer and he has like a math breakthrough while like don't have your fucking mathematical <laughs> epiphanies when you're, you've got a gun on somebody. This is just the, the creative mind of scientists. Yeah, you why can't stop. Just, why don't they just fire Roland? That would take care of every every problem they have. <laughs> Maybe they can't fire him because there's a quota that you need. Four yeah, maybe people. they were worried about like a lawsuit or something. They could like hire that. his girlfriend. American Disabilities Act. Clearly not. Yeah, hire his girlfriend instead, right? I feel like though a mentally handicapped janitor is the easiest guy to frame. Like very early on, once you become aware that he's probably killing everybody. Yeah, it feels very easy for me to like figure yeah. out a scenario where I can get rid of that guy. Pretty yeah, quickly. I don't have yeah. to wait to be the last survivor. First of all, he's never on time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could you could fudge everything. God, we're on thin ice in this episode, I feel really like. We are. Uh, but but it, 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 he is really, I am samming up a storm. Oh, like, he crazy. went for it. It's all the way. I read a thing. He, I read a, an interview with him, and he said that he's never played anything like that before or since, and that's still on his reel. He because has nobody that, like, like that exists in the real world. I used to, I used to work at a, at a summer camp for mentally handicapped adults. Uh, it was so long ago, we actually called them retarded adults still. We don't call them that anymore. Yeah. Uh, and in this camp, even though it was nothing but mentally handicapped people of that same age range, I've never met a person with that Kind of that kind cadence, of, yeah. Like it, yeah, that it's total movie. The other handicap. sister handicap. Yeah, it's total right? movie business. Yeah, is that's the one with Giovanni Ribisi and yes. all. Yes. And I never saw I Am Sam. Have you seen these movies? The one I don't. No, but I like the I Am Sam soundtrack. What? Who's? who's it's in all it? Beatles covers. Oh wow! Yeah, it's pretty nice. Is uh, Eddie Vedder on it? Doesn't yeah. he love Eddie Vedder? Yeah, Eddie Vedder's on it. <laughs> yep. Um, I never. I saw little bits of The Other Sister, and I really couldn't... The Other Sister's one of those ones where you're like, I understand that you're trying to do something sweet, but it's crazy offensive. It's really, it. really offensive. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to portray uh, mentally handicapped love. Handicap, handicap rom-com is a tough is a tough pitch. Do you know who um, else could not do it? Oh, who actually did it better, though, um, uh, was Quantum Leap. Did you see oh, the episode I, no, where I didn't see it. Sam leaps into a Down syndrome guy. 
Really? Yeah. And is it's an actual actor with Down syndrome? No, just in the mirror. Because oh, in, sure. Because it's Scott Bakula walking around. That guy was a day player. Yeah. Right, so they, he looks in the mirror, and there's the Down Syndrome guy in the mirror, and then it's Scott Bakula walking around playing Down Syndrome. And then how, how does that Scott Bakula act that whole time? He's right on the edge of I Am Samming it. It's okay. real close. And like the plot is that like Sam's mind is trying to fight with the Down Syndrome mind. Yeah. So he's trying to like still be the, his super scientist guy. Uh-huh. Uh, he's right on the edge of I Am Samming it. I'm but, fascinated by Because to me, it's like doing a version of Roots uh, all in blackface. And you're like, th- th- we're doing the right thing. We're telling the, the story, but we're yeah. like a bunch of actors really playing yeah. in a pretty offensive way. Did you watch the first season of, was it the first or second season? There's a Down Syndrome actress in um, American <laughs> Horror, Horror Story. A bunch of the seasons, yeah. Yeah, and she's really good in it. Well, that's the other thing that makes this episode interesting is why you're never going to see this kind of stuff again is because Hollywood has figured out that there are actors with disabilities who can play these roles. Yeah. And at the time, they just figured there was just nobody, so you just hire a guy and tell him to just like you know, go all the way with it. Uh, and now there are plenty of actors with the with disabilities who could do these roles and yeah. do them way better. And not that this guy's bad by any means, but it's just yeah, he's playing it to the rafters. You know, he really is. He's he's I'm summing up a storm. <laughs> it's just so every now and then you're watching the episode and you're immersed, but when you think of like cut, and then he just sort of. Walks out and walks it's to the crafty table. Especially the scenes of the two, have him and his girlfriend. That those are the out. toughest. Those are the ones where you like. That's a what tough is that thing like for me. Before and after yeah. action. Yeah. Like, so, so what do you have after this? <laughs> <laughs> what else are you working on? <laughs> yeah, I thought, and she wasn't quite as good as he was. Not that he was. But he was just going for it. It's hard to evaluate these kinds of performances right. because they're so big. Right. That you don't really. But but they're like. Weird connection. I thought it was very. Here's why I thought that the, his brother's a bad guy. He ma- he wants her to kill that girl. He wants him to kill the girl. He attacks the girl. That's yeah. a bad move. You're right. And there's not a really good reason. Is no, there? he's just being a dick. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. He has these flashes. So yeah, I was trying to remember if there was like she's if she had known something or seen something. No, she was she, she was just like distracting him from his like quest to kill all these scientists. Yeah, you're right. It was about stealing a tweet. Yeah, <laughs> it was about stealing a tweet. Um, I I quote a bunch of times this uh, the movie blog Darren Mooney writes for it, and he said that the cryogenics thing was like really huge in the early '90s. That's when we were, people were talking about it a lot. Uh, with uh, you know, like with urban legend about Disney being frozen, and wasn't Disney's there like a head, yeah. Disney? There was like a bas- basketball, a baseball player, or somebody who was supposedly frozen. Is there? I don't. I know. don't know anything about it. I get a lot of mail from the Neptune Society. What's that? They freeze you. So that's still that people exists. are still doing yeah. it. it. Still exists. Yeah. yeah. The idea that it's it's such a it's such a weird it's such a weird idea. It's the idea of I am gonna put my faith, my religious faith, in science. They're going to freeze my body. That I believe that they're going to freeze my body fast enough. There's no downside, though. That there is no downside, except for the cost to your relatives, because you have. There's to be- no downside. I'm gone. <laughs> right. Well, unless you wake up and you're in crushing debt, 
like they wake you up in a hundred years. <laughs> that should be a story. And you're just like yeah. you're working in indentured servitude, just to pay off you being frozen for that long. <laughs> right? Listen, we thought it was going to take forty, took four hundred. <laughs> you owe a ton of money. It's just you know, it's just the interest on it, man. That's, that's yeah, that's what's killing oh. me right now. The interest on your freezing. I wonder how expensive it is. I should have looked it up. It's pretty expensive, I think. Like how much? Like millions? No, I think it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And it's I, like, and you have to pay monthly, yearly, yeah, yearly. to maintain. But like, what happens? Like, if you go, if you get behind, do they just thaw you out and dump you? Yeah. What happens? That's just such a good question. Like, what happens if like the the money runs out? Yeah. I don't know why, but I just got the idea. I just saw this image in my head of them like sending bills and arrears to the head. So it's just a frozen head and it's just like red envelopes around it. Like, <laughs> you have to act now. <laughs> last last notice. <laughs> I can't do anything. Um, I always think of this. This is a, whenever I watch shows that are procedurals like this, they always have to have like so many new characters. Right. And I notice when I watch Law and Order and all these shows and now the X Files, I always pay attention to like the name that they have because they have to come up with so many fucking right. new names right so i added a segment i don't know how if this is going to stick but this is the first time i'm doing it um people like n- reviews of the names because the next episode the season finale has some fucking great names in it and i had the idea so uh like roland fuller dr arthur grable those are pretty decent those names are pretty good names. yeah yeah uh frank nolette that's a good name it's a good name ronald Surnow. These are good names, these right? Are, yeah, these are good. Yeah, Tracy. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Stody. Mrs. Stody is a fine name, but the actress's name is Nicole Mercurio, and that's a great name. Well, that's good. That's Romeo and Juliet. I like that very yeah, much. Mikol, yeah, Nicole with an M. Oh, Nicole? Nicole Mer- Mercurio. Wow. Dr. Keats, Dr. Barrington, Lisa Dole. So they're doing good jobs. I think the trick is you take someone you know's name and then change it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, or it sounds like they're also naming them like. Uh, Barrington's a town in Illinois. Oh, somebody's from Lisa Dole is like great pineapple juice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this episode, do you have anything you want to say before I move on to the message section and the, what no, the people said about it? I'm really curious what the kids thought of the episode, though. This episode? Yeah. Um, so besides uh, their nitpicks about freezing heads. Well, that's a big one. Yeah, I didn't go into a ton of detail about this one. Uh, most people at this point are just guessing what the next episode is going to be. People sort of see this as like, this is just the one that's in the way of the next one. So they're looking forward to the season finale, hoping that it's like going to really up the ante. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of people now speculating what's going to happen in the season finale. Do you know if they know if it's going to be renewed for a second season? They found out like a couple weeks ago and it was a huge thing when they found out. They were very excited. So that means they know that whatever the season finale is, is building. They know that the season finale is building to... Yes, they know that that's going to come up. So they're they're speculating a lot. A lot is because uh, they also know that Gillian Anderson is pregnant. Okay. So they think a lot of people are speculating that she's going to leave the show. Oh. A lot of people are speculating that. A lot of people are speculating. Um, here, I'll get to that in a second. So basically, uh, David Nutter said he did not like this episode. He's the director. He's the director and it's written by Chris Rupenthal, who only... Other episode he wrote was three, which is a really bad yeah. episode. It's a really bad episode. And the last thing I could see him doing was he worked on the Outer Limits till like 2000. Like the Outer Limits that was, you know. Uh, the revival of that, yeah. Yeah, the revi- revival of that. Um, David Nutter said, I didn't think it was one of the strongest scripts we had all season. Probably the weakest script from start to finish that I remember. The actor, Zelko Ivanik, he said, 
did a really good job. Glenn Morgan um, didn't like the episode overall. Ultimately, wasn't uh, completely effective. Uh, the show does pretty well, 7.9, which is one of the highest ones of this season, 7.4 million households. But but this is sort of, you could see, like, it's hit the bottom, and now people are catching on about the right. show. Uh, also, I think America was really into murderous, mentally handicapped janitors. It was just, it tapped into a fear yeah. that we all had. Of... Yeah. Well, it, it, it's interesting, because, like, a lot of, like, stuff feels so quaint when you look at it now. Like, um, I remember there was a storyline, wasn't there a, a mentally handicapped character on... What's the law show? That's quite a ways before this. L.A. Law? No, yes, L.A. Law. Yeah, what's his name played him? Uh, Dr. Giggles. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That guy did. And there's an episode where he's like framed for murder or something, and it sort of plays on that fear. And then we talked about an episode called Gender Bender, and there's a lot, lot of weird like transphobic stuff in that right. episode and like uh, weird homosexuality stuff, how it's considered like scary almost. Um and even in like Silence of the Lambs, his his um, you know, when he talks and dances and stuff, that's supposed to be like weird and off-putting. Well, it's so. This is also fascinating because all of that stuff. <clears throat> this is off-topic, but all that stuff comes specifically from one guy, from Ed Gain, who did oh. kill women, cured their skin, and wore it. He wore his mother's skin as a costume. Yeah, psycho. Everything comes. That from all that. comes from that. So yeah. that weird, that whole weird trope of sort of cross-dressing murderers comes from this really amazing cross-dressing murderer. I mean, like, so it's sort of strange. If you're going to be a murderer, that's a great, like, niche to call you. That's your a own. very specific niche. That's a good one. And then, uh, um, uh, Clown. That's a great one. <laughs> the the John mean, Wayne Gacy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, no, John Wayne Gacy and Ed Gain have like totally- Those like, are the best. They're the ones who have- uh, All of our murderer stuff comes from those guys. Yeah. And even like John Wayne Gacy, like now there's a- Whenever someone's thinking about being a serial killer, they're like, well, I can't do clown. That sucks. It's like, it's the Simpsons did it. <laughs> <laughs> that's I fucking hear that. Oh, Simpsons already did that. <laughs> that's That's their Twitter. <laughs> For serial killers, like, oh, man, I can't eat them. Well, eating them is vague enough that I think you could do that, You right? could probably do that. It depends on, like, what you, what kind of flair you put into it. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, do you have, like, a specific recipe or whatever? There was a cop in New York who, like, boiled his girlfriend's heart forever uh, and ate it. Like, that's cool. Like that's like Forever? Was, like, not forever, but, like, for, like, a long time. He really, like— He slow-cooked it? Slow like cooked a, it. Like he a really, brisket? He really, yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was just tender falling apart. When was Because the heart is the roughest. That's the really yeah, grisly so it's, organ. It's ten, it's muscle. I feel like that was like in the 90s or the 80s. Wow. Um, so the message is here. A lot of people had issues with the cryo head exploding. And then this is the opinion that most people... Whoever said that this is before this is the worst episode this season is right. The storyline lagged and it was way too predictable. I hope the season finale is a zillion times better than this one, which wouldn't be saying all that much. I think it's weird that they say it's predictable. Did you see that guy and you're like, oh, his dead brother's head is no, I did not. I mean, like, right. Uh, actually, what I will say is that the episode is not a great episode, but that predictability criticism comes from I think the episode being structured well. In that the reveals feel natural. Yeah. They don't feel like sudden shocking. By the way. Yeah. Like it's all these series of reveals. So, and you're maybe. A it sort of bit... follows one. Right. It follows. Yeah. You can actually investigate along yeah. with Mulder and Scully as it goes along. I noticed that I watched, like I said, a bunch of the weaker episodes, and uh, this is not one of them. Like, um, I saw one called Miracle Man that I thought was really, really bad. Did not like it at all. I saw one called. Shadows, which is the ghost, and I actually kind of like that one. I was sort of surprised how much leeway I give the X Files, even like bad episodes. At least if they're doing 
sort of the things I like about the right. X-Files. Um, sort of works. And Shadows is another one where Mulder and Scully don't do anything. Right. Miracle Men, Mulder and Scully don't do anything. It's basically like um, Indiana Jones and like Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, like he doesn't really do anything. You could take him out of the movie. Doesn't you make could take him out of the movie. Yeah. That's what a lot of this is. Um, so, so clearly this is an episode that they put in. They didn't feel it was the strongest one just to sort of, you know, get to the finale. Right. All right, so Erlenmeyer Flask is the season one finale, directed by R.W. Goodwin, who's a big X-Files guy, stays on, directs a bunch, written by Chris Carter. I've noticed Chris Carter's Monster of the Week ones aren't that good, but his mythology ones are really good. Um, how do we feel about this episode? Love this episode. Yeah, right. Love this episode. And it just, you know, I, we talked about the very first episode, it felt like everything was in place already. Yeah. But this episode, it's not just in place, it is like next level, like, oh, this is, when we're talking about what we love about the X-Files, we're talking about this episode. Yeah, and clearly they introduce a lot of stuff that's going to become a major part of the X-Files coming up, like the alien-human hybrids thing, right. the green blood thing, the toxic gas release from the hybrids thing, like there's a ton of stuff. Clearly some big conversation happens between this and the previous um uh, alien episode, which is EBE, EBE right. they realize, like, all right, uh, let's, um, you know, sort of make this into a big running thing. And now they know that season two is happening. Right. So they have sort of the confidence to do that. And they really introduce a lot of big stuff in this episode. And they make a lot of big changes in this episode. Uh, uh, Skinner. The de- Skinner, the, yeah. the, death of, the death of Deep Throat. That's a huge one. That's yeah. a huge one. And I think they said they did that for a few reasons. One, they said that they were relying on Deep Throat too much as like just a deus ex guy who would come in and just tell you what needed to happen. And I really like that actor. There were a couple times where it felt clearly he was brought in because they couldn't get Mulder and Scully to the answer quickly enough. And it's always tough when they bring him in for an episode that doesn't feel like it's a mythology episode. And they, did, they started doing that more right. and more. And the other thing Chris Carter said that, went, that I'll read at the end, he said that he wanted to have the sense that anybody could die at any time. Right. And Deep Throat particularly was a very, very popular character. On these message boards, you're going to see, this is interesting, um, a lot of people before the episode are predicting what they think is going to happen. And then when he dies, a lot of people are saying that he's not really dead, which is sort of a natural reaction. Right. And they have all these reasons that they list why. The other thing that's interesting that's happening here, you know, that thing that's become now where people think that they should have a hand in uh, 